Let me in. This is Sunday night's main event. What do you guys want to talk about? On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. I'm better than you. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme. We're too wild. We're too out of control. We're too full of our own. I take pride in calling a stooge a stooge, you stooge. Yeah. Acknowledge me. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. I'm Boris Roberto Aguilar. Welcome you to Canada's Premier Wrestling Radio Show, Sunday night's main event, powered by Podstars.net. Get ready to take your podcasting career to the next level with Podstars.net. Just remember that Podstars is a talented and passionate community that will give you the opportunity to interview top professionals from a variety of industries, where they're going to share insights and experiences with your audience. Everyone's going to have access to the exclusive celebrity catalog featuring some of the best in the business, both new and established. It's also free to join, and as a member of Podstars, you can choose from the catalog of celebrities to interview on your podcast. And remember, if you're interested for an additional monthly fee of only $8.99, you can upgrade to the community plan, which gives you a different and exciting catalog full of some of the best experts and professionals in their fields today. And, well, the best part is you get you still get access to the entire Podstars universe. It's a great way to invest in your podcast as you're going to save time and money by being able to book guests all from one platform with an expansive catalog that is constantly being added to. So why wait? Join Podstars.net now and start exploring all that they have to offer. You're not going to miss out on this amazing opportunity to elevate your podcasting career and be part of an exciting community. So all you have to do is go to www.podstars.net. That's www.podstars.net. And Podstars ends with a Z. Or Z, depending on where you live. Just remember that this show is always free across the country on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks and through several affiliate stations across this beautiful land. You can also find the entire Sunday night's main event podcast network over at your favorite podcast catcher and app and do a search for Sunday night's main event. You can also find us on all of the social medias under the at SNME radio username. And you can be part of the family by joining our Patreon. And all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash SNME radio. And just remember that on February 1st, we're going to be relaunching the Patreon with some special additional goodies for each of our patrons. What a week it's been in the world of wrestling. We have Tony Khan going off yet again on social media. We have the return of TNA. We have Jinder Mahal challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship and so much more. So we have a awesome, awesome show for you. First, we're going to be chatting with a listener, Blaine Vandergrin, and he's going to be fantasy booking the next few weeks slash months of both AEW and WWE as we relaunch Fantasy Booker. Just remember that you can be part of this show and Fantasy Booker and other listener segments by just going to the Facebook group. And to do that, all you need to do is go to Facebook and search for SNME Radio. Or you can email us at contact SNME Radio at Gmail. And say that you want to be part of the show, especially if you have a scenario that you want to talk through. All right. Also on the show, we have the return of TNA as TNA presented us with hard to kill. But was it easy to watch or hard to watch? Well, your top draw raw dog has his views. And Eric B is going to be joining us for that later on the show. And then we're going to be chatting some AEW and WWE happenings. And joining me for that is the SNME Roundtable, which consists of Matthew and Aaron Grant, who just so happens to also host the Collision Catch-Up here on the network. So with all of that in mind, we're going to get right to the show. And as always, we're going to start with the news of the week. I'm afraid I've got some news. It appears that Kota Ibushi is going to need surgery on his injured ankles after a match earlier this month. 
Hopefully, Kota Ibushi can make a full recovery and get back to AEW and his other promotional work. Donna Del Mondo's leader, Julia, has announced that the faction has disbanded over at Stardom. She says, I have something to say, and this is where she disbanded the entire group. Essentially, Julia said that she has other business to take care of. Does this business involve going to WWE, which is heavily speculated? Well, time will tell. Personally, I love me some Julia, so I would love to see Julia in NXT and maybe lead the new damage control. We'll see exactly what's happening with Julia's future over the next few months. So many conflicting reports of where WWE Raw is going to end up in October of 2024. John Oran of the Sports Business Journal predicts that Amazon will pick up the rights to air WWE Raw live on its streaming service. He says that Amazon gets WWE Raw rights and keeps the series on Monday nights. This hits an audience of young males, a demo where Amazon believes it sees growth in prime subscriptions. Plus, it gives the company a night of live programming on Prime Video. On the flip side, Lightshed is forecasting that Warner Brothers Discovery will land Raw sometime this year. Well, regardless of where they end up, it appears that Amazon Prime and WB Discovery are the two frontrunners to land WWE Raw. And just remember, WB Discovery, Warner Brothers Discovery, is where AEW airs. So this could really change the landscape of pro wrestling in 20. 24. TNA Wrestling is back, and well, they are making some signings. Over the past few days, they announced that Dirty Dango has re-signed with the company. Along with that, they announced earlier this morning that Zaya Brookside has officially signed with TNA Wrestling. And last night at Hard to Kill, we saw the first appearance of Nick Nemeth, formerly known as Dolph Ziggler, with the company, along with Ash by Elegance formerly known as Dana Brooke. Is all, are all of these signings what TNA needs? Have your say over at the Facebook group by searching for SNME Radio on Facebook. Rumors are indicating that AEW has hired Kosha Irby, who was WWE's former regional director of live events, possibly in the role of chief operating officer. This could be a huge hire for AEW as they continue to have, well, some woes with their attendance and overall marketing in the local markets. On his Grilling JR podcast, Jim Ross has revealed that his contract with AEW ends on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Bummer. Rumor has it that... Well, with a lot of opinions happening on what's going to be happening at WWE Elimination Chamber in Perth, well, it appears that Roman Reigns will not be appearing and is not scheduled to appear at that show. But earlier this weekend, WWE did acknowledge that CM Punk will officially be in Perth at Elimination Chamber. Mickey James is the new creative director and head of female talent over at OVW. Does this mean that she won't be making a return to WWE? Well, we'll see what happens at Royal Rumble. I personally think that it'll be a one-off once again with Mickey James. NWA has announced that the all-new NWA programming will appear on the CW app starting February 6th. The app is available in all app store streaming devices and viewable on your browsers. On Friday night, the match between Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory had to be stopped when Theory's Spanish fly went wrong and both men collided hard on the mat. WWE had an update. Following their match tonight on SmackDown, Theory and Carmelo WWE were evaluated for injuries. They both suffered face contusions and will both be okay. That is a relief if you saw the spot. Speaking of injuries, at an NXT live event in Dade City, Florida on Friday night, the main event had to be stopped when Cora Jade seemed to injure her knee in a match against Lyra Valkyria for the NXT Women's Championship. No update has been shared just yet. In case you missed it last night, during the New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley event, Jack Perry made his return after attacking Shota Umino. Jack Perry ripped up his AEW contract and put on a scapegoat armband. Very interesting way to come back to the limelight. 
I'm a fan of seeing the merch sale numbers, and we're going to focus on WWE right now because we have a mid-month update for you. And after some amazing mic work and amazing promos, R-Truth seems to be number one in merch sales. So the top-selling t-shirts on WWE Shop as of January 12th are this. In number 10, Bray Wyatt. Number 9, Jay Uso. 8, Rhea Ripley. 7, Randy Orton. 6, Roman Reigns. Five, Jay Uso. Four, CM Punk. Three, CM Punk. And the one and two slots are for our truth and the judgment day. Very interesting. And I wonder how the numbers are going to look at the end of the month. But what's more curious is that LA Knight, yeah, is out of the list, at least for now. And well, we can't go without talking about this. So, Tony Conan, the president and owner of AEW, was involved in yet another high-profile spat on X. This time, it involves the USA Network, the WWE superstar Jinder Mahal, Eric Bischoff, and Jonathan Coachman. It seemed the post by the USA Network triggered Tony Khan. The comment refers to Khan's admission that he factors in fan ratings on Cage Match site when determining his success as a Booker. They went back and forth. Eric Bischoff came in. And well, it was a spat that really at the end of the day, we shouldn't have happened. And we're going to be talking more about Tony Khan and his social media handles as we talk with the S Enemy Roundtable later on in the show with Matt and Aaron Grant. Well, we have a jam-packed show, so we're going to be taking a short break here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by a listener, Blaine Vandergren, as he talks about the next few weeks and months in both AEW and WWE with the return a fantasy booker and then later on the show eric b of impactful is going to be joining me and we're going to be chatting about last night's hard to kill pay-per-view and whether it intrigued him enough to continue watching tna and then later on on the snme roundtable i'm going to be joined by the hosts of the collision catch-up both matthew and aaron grant and we're going to be talking about all of the happenings in the world of professional wrestling so you're going to want to leave it locked in here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And you're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event. From pillar to post and coast to coast, this is Sunday Night's Main Event on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hey, did you know that Saturday, February 24th, Destiny World Wrestling returns to Oshawa and the Children's Arena for Destiny's Reckless? Is that the event featuring the indie god himself, Matt Cardona? You bet it is. I heard he's not going to be there alone. I heard Steph Delander showing up. I heard Fighter Flight is showing up. Vanna Black, Tara Zep, Lince Dorado, and a whole bunch more. Man, you better get your tickets now. They're on sale at www.destinywrestling.ca. This is Sunday night's main event on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And welcome back to Sunday night's main event here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Network. And as I've been talking about for over the past few weeks, I want to turn the show back over to you, the listener. It's the interaction between the hosts and the fans and the fans among themselves that make this brand as successful as it always has been. So that's what I'm here to do for 2024. And as part of that, like I mentioned so many times right now in the wrestling world, in WWE especially, we're we're facing quite the dilemma. I don't think it's ever been this busy at the top of the mountain. So in with that with that said, I'm gonna be thinking about what is possible. So 
we're bringing back Fantasy Booker. That's right. Here is the first installment of Fantasy Booker for 2024. And the best way to be part of the Fantasy Booker is, well, just sending me a message. And the best way to send me a message is through the Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com. And then just search for SNME Radio. Or you can send an email over at contact SNME Radio at gmail.com. That's contact radio at gmail.com. So joining me this week is a longtime listener and someone who I, I know has an opinion, because if you're on the Facebook group, he always has opinions, and that's why I appreciate his views. And I asked him to be on the show this week, and it's a longtime listener, Blaine Vandergren. Blaine, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, and hello, Boris and listeners. Uh, we have a good show in store for you today, um, and thank you again, Boris, uh, as as you said, I'm a longtime listener, been listening since about 99 uh, from the law days. Um, and then um, over the last 20 years, it's been my dream to be on the show. So thank you for putting this together. Anytime, anytime. It's, you know, I appreciate, you know, everything that you've done, all the support, all the messages, and well, just being active on the Facebook group really does mean a lot. It keeps this, well, it keeps the dream alive just for everybody, even for myself. Just remember, I'm a fan first. All right. So, Fantasy Booker, like we've been talking about over the show over the past few weeks, CM Punk, Seth Rollins. LA Knight, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, so many options right now. And at the end of the day, it's all about who is going to be main eventing WrestleMania. So Blaine, you have a few scenarios. I'm going to let you go over those scenarios. And remember, we, we're going to be posting these scenarios over on the Facebook group. And you can have at it as a listener. We'll be discussing these after the fact. So Blaine, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, Boris. And and you said the key word right off the bat there, options. What a world we live in where we have so many options, whether it's different companies that you watch. But also, as we're heading into WrestleMania season, that seems to be the topic that most people are talking about, um, especially now that we're just a few weeks away from the Royal Rumble event. Um, a lot of people have their own predictions and scenarios that are playing out. Um, obviously, a lot of people want to go with the simplest choice, and sometimes, sometimes the simplest choice is often the best choice, and that is CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble. Um, that seems to be the clear-cut, uh, he, or he seems to be the clear-cut favorite at the moment. Uh, so rather than focus on just the men's Royal Rumble, I wanted to talk a little bit about the women's side. Um, so again, there's so many options um, and it's great, and I always love when WWE does this, where they give us multiple different directions that they could possibly go for WrestleMania. So we're not we're not picking and choosing just between like one or two people. Uh, there are different directions to go. So I have a pretty good scenario here. Um, now, Rhea Ripley, obviously being the women's champion on the Raw side, she won't be participating, or I don't think she's participating anyway in the women's Rumble match. But I do think that she will probably get the China spot this year in the men's Rumble match, where they play out some kind of scenario where Dom, Dirty Dom gets uh, some kind of storyline injury, kayfabe injury, and then presents a doctor's note to Adam Pierce from his mommy. And uh, mommy takes his place in the, in the men's Rumble match. She gets she shows her dominance, maybe eliminate some of the top tier mid card guys, maybe like a Chad Gable, a, a Tazawa, etc. Maybe even a notice, like just get rid of the whole Alpha Academy there um, and a few other guys. And then who should stop her? But appropriately entering the men's Royal Rumble, the man herself, Becky Lynch. And she dumps out Rhea Ripley after losing in an earlier effort to, to uh, win the women's Rumble. Uh, of course, I think Becky Lynch is going to be the one to single-handedly eliminate Nia Jax, but that saps basically all her strength. She gets dumped out by, let's say, like a Jade Cargill, and then she enters the men's rumble, throws out Rhea Ripley, and that sets up their program heading into the biggest show of the year. Interesting. That's a very interesting scenario because, okay, there's a few things at play here, right? Number one, you're taking away two spots from the men's rumble. And right now, I feel like, remember back in the day when we couldn't even fill 30 spots, you know? But now I kind of feel like there's way too many people. So the fact that you're taking away two spots just goes to show you, for me, 
that this program is huge because we're willing to take spots away from the men's rumble to showcase Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. Absolutely. And and one of the key um, factors of interest for the men's or women's Royal Rumble is not just, but not just, you're not just thinking about like, who's going to win. Everybody is excited because of the element of surprise. You don't know who's drawn, which numbers, there are often surprises thrown in there. Last year, there wasn't, there weren't very many because I think, as you said, a lot of their the, the roster is huge right now, so there weren't really a lot of options. And I think the key to the Royal Rumble is not only focusing on the winner themselves, but also creating these moments within the Rumble match um, to kind of advanced advanced feuds maybe start some new ones we saw something last year with gunther and brock lesnar um and etc and you know we saw uh, uh chelsea green return in last year's women's rumble match and speaking of returns i think that one return we may be getting and they kind of teased it on raw this week with chelsea doing the whole rough rider spot and and i think barrett even called it the rough rider i think matt cardona is going to be on his way back to the wwe uh, entering the Royal Rumble match. I just wonder if he's going to be, I think initially he probably will go back to the Zack Ryder character, but I, but I would like kind of to see that whole King of the death match character being brought to life in WWE, maybe even pair him with Chelsea green as like a power couple. Uh, I think one of the other angles that might be going to WrestleMania, maybe they can bring back the whole mixed match challenge. Now that they have so many couples within the WWE environment, and then uh, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green ends up in that spot uh, for potentially for WrestleMania, maybe against like a Chad Gable and Maxine or, so, or some one of the other uh, lower tier couples. But that's exactly right. You brought up a great point earlier when you said, you know what, the Royal Rumble, yes, it's to set up WrestleMania, but there's so many different mini programs that you can set up. This is arguably, you know, the second biggest show of the year behind WrestleMania. Say what you want about Money in the Bank. That's a whole other debate. But to me, it's still the big four. So, you know, this is your opportunity to set the stage. You have more eyes than normal. I know people who don't watch wrestling, but they watch two shows a year, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. So this is the perfect chance to do just that. All right, so we've talked about the women's side a little bit, and I kind of like where your head's at because I think that we are going to be getting Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley, but let's talk about the ever-growing men's side what do you think for that, Blaine? As I said earlier, so the clear-cut favorite at the moment seems to be CM Punk, and I think that is probably a safe bet that CM Punk is winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't see him... I mean, this is his first... basically his first match back, so I don't see him losing that match, but I do think that they should like do like somebody have the Gunther spot this year, uh, maybe eliminates a bunch of guys... Who that is, I don't know. I don't know who who it would be. Uh, but again, it's all about creating moments and lasting moments. And I think Omos we haven't seen in a while. I think this is where he gets in and eliminates a bunch of guys. And maybe we have like a return of Great Kali or somebody like that to have a confrontation between the two giants that we wouldn't normally see. Brock Lesnar, I think, is definitely going to be at the Royal Rumble event, probably going to be eliminated or, or maybe eliminating uh, Gunther to set up their program for WrestleMania. Um, whether that is for the Intercontinental title, who can say? Uh, I I think Gunther has done enough to elevate that title. So I think it makes sense that Brock Lesnar would want to challenge that spot uh, to kind of get back uh, some of the steam that he had going for him prior to his last few losses. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Originally, like in my own podcast, I had chosen Gunther to win the men's rumble. Um, and just to just to kind of exercise his kind of option C in WWE land, vacate the Intercontinental title to challenge for the world title. And then the Intercontinental title is up for grabs in like a tournament or something heading into WrestleMania. So you kind of kill two birds with one stone and have more than one angle heading into the big show. Yep, I could say, so here's the thing. I think that will happen. I think that quote unquote option C angle for all you 2NA lovers is going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen until the summer. Because remember, we have a show in Berlin. Yes, I know he's from Austria, but this is WWE we're talking about, right? They're going to capitalize on the, the Austrian having that main event spot 
in Berlin. So I think it's going to happen. And I honestly think he's going to win the championship at uh, Bash at Berlin, but he's not going to lose the IC title. Like, I think that's the reign that Gunther is going to have moving forward. I think he's going to be just winning a new title and giving up the IC title. Might as well put up a, you know, a nice little tournament in Rio de Janeiro or something for that uh, title again, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, so a lot of people are expecting Cody Rhodes to finish his story at this year's WrestleMania. But given the the options, I think I think that is probably a likely scenario, but even likelier scenario is the Wayne Johnson, Roman Reigns match. Um, because honestly, let's face it, you can do Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at any other show. This is truly once in a lifetime. Who knows how many years Dwayne even has left. This could be his last match. So I would rather them put this match on the greatest show of the year and then maybe save the Cody Rhodes story for another time. Yeah. Look, I love... WWE. I love everything that that wrestling in general has to give us, but we have to remember something, Blaine. Wrestling, AEW, WWE, TNA, all these companies, they're after one thing, and that is making a profit. And you can't deny the fact that The Rock versus Roman Reigns isn't the biggest match that you can get dollar-wise. And if you honestly think anything else, I'm sorry, you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. And that actually leads into my next scenario. And this one, I want to kind of go to the other side of the fence and talk about AEW a little bit. Uh, the big story there is the retirement match of Sting coming up uh, in about a couple months' time. So a lot, I mean, they've, they've obviously teased something with the Young Bucks on this week's Dynamite. Uh, and su supposedly Sting had handpicked them to be part of his last match which I don't know if there's any truth to that rumor or not. Um, but personally, it doesn't really do much for me. Uh, I don't think his last match... I mean, I can understand the whole idea of the tag match being able to protect Sting, but I think his last match should be a one-on-one -on -one type match, and it should be the main event of that show. Let's face it, that, that is the biggest story that you're going to have going into that unless they somehow do uh, Danielson versus Okada three. But I uh, had, so I had a, a scenario in mind for this and it goes back to uh, a couple months ago, uh, but I'll get to that in a bit. So I had read an article recently or a head, I saw a headline for an article um, focusing on former Chicago bull, Scotty Pippen. And the article was about, I think it was, um, and forgive, forgive my, uh, my, misinformation uh because i'm not really i'm not a basketball follower or anything i think it was draymond green uh he had mentioned that when he was a kid that he was snubbed by scotty pippen asking for an autograph and it kind of reminded me of that you remember that old eminem video from the early 2000s with dido Same. um yeah where, where uh devin sawa who most 90s kids would probably remember he was in like every 90s teen movie back then uh, played a character called Stan, and he was like a super fan um, that was waiting outside in the freezing cold with his brother to try to get an autograph from Eminem, and then he just walked right past him. So it kind of sparked another idea in my mind. Um, I remember a few weeks back when they were building to Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, and Adam took exception to Christian kind of cheap-shotting Sting, and basically said that they, when they were kids, they used to dress up as Sting and Luger, and and they were they idolized these guys. I think it would be an interesting backstory to have maybe Adam Copeland turn at this point and say, well, yeah, when I was a kid, Sting totally stumped me. I was looking for an autograph and blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of creates an interesting uh, story heading into the match, because that's something that I feel that AEW doesn't do a lot of, is they don't create a lot of lasting memories. They have a lot of great matches, don't get, me, don't get me wrong, but they don't really create moments that people will remember. All of their pay-per-views seem basically identical. They don't have any kind of like unique sets. They don't, they, like it seems like a TV show. Um, so I think if they, if they want to um, tap off Sting's career, I think they need to end with a great, compelling story. And plus, this is a match that you're probably not going to have another opportunity to do. So I think this is something that needs to happen. 
And even if they pair, maybe maybe pair Adam and Christian back together as a tag team, maybe against Sting and Darby, I think that would be much more compelling than what it looks like they have planned. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? Like, as much as I do appreciate the Bucks for what they've done, yada, 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 I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, right? I just feel like you have a bigger story, a bigger memory, a bigger moment, you know, with other people. And you just brought up a great option there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, speaking of options, we still have that passion by Damien Priest still lingering in the back of our minds. Like he's teased it a bunch of times. Personally, I don't think now is the right moment to cash in. I don't think he's going to cash in probably until after WrestleMania. He still has a few months after WrestleMania to do that. Um, and if honestly, if he turns into a cash and fail, I would not be surprised. They have done a good job of building him, but I don't think he's at the level of someone like a Roman Reigns or, Seth, or even a Seth Rollins at this point. Um, so my idea for the Money in the Bank is for them to have, they, they've kind of teased it in the past, some dissension between the, the Judgment Day. And I think, honestly, the Judgment Day gimmick has kind of run its course. Um, so I think, I, I think that group is going to disintegrate by the time WrestleMania comes around. Um, and I think there's going to be a scenario where Finn Balor, on behalf of Damian Priest, accepts a match against AJ Styles, where Priest ends up putting the Money in the Bank contract on the line at WrestleMania, and he loses because of Judgment Day interference, which ends up backfiring and costing him the briefcase. So AJ Styles wins the briefcase on night one. CM Punk ends up winning the title that night, WWE World Champion from Seth Rollins in the main event. He has the huge celebration. Night two, he comes out to start the show, cuts a massive promo. Everybody's excited. All of a sudden, Judgment Day comes out. They attack Punk, and who should cash in but AJ Styles, who clears the ring of the Judgment Day. It's just him and Balor step left in the ring, and then... They, everybody thinks they're going to go at it. They end up throwing up the two sweet sign. And we have the Bullet Club basically reborn in WWE heading into post-mania season. With AJ Styles as a WWE World Champion, they can add new members as well, uh, like a Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Kazushika Okada, who may be on his way to WWE as well, per, per your, uh, your teammate there, Matthew Edder's uh, suggestion. Um, and then we could have we could add even add Cody Rhodes, suggesting that maybe he fails in his attempt to complete his story. And this is the this is the driving force that ends up making him align himself with uh, with former teammates. Yeah. Or you could do um, or you could uh, bring in like somebody like a Drew McIntyre, who also has like a disgruntled character right now. Um, so it kind of makes sense that these guys are like lacking any kind of direction and they all team together. Yep. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. This is the thing, right? Like, this is the beauty, and this is why I wanted to really talk about this with, with a listener. It's because there's really just so many options right now, right? Like, and this is the first time in so many years that, honestly, I don't know what is coming up next. And that's the beauty about, you know, where we are in professional wrestling, both in AEW and WWE, and even, honestly, TNA right now, right? Like, we have no idea where TNA is going. We don't, under, we don't know where we're going to be and who's going to be champs a month two months from now and it's been so rare that we've been given that opportunity that chance that's why you know i really wanted to turn it over back to the audience and get your feedback in so blaine thank you so much it really does mean a lot for you to be the first one back here in fantasy booker and when you know when we talk about fantasy booker like i say it can be a specific scenario or if we just talk about the world of wrestling right now like we did right now with blaine and just throw different things at the wall and we'll see what sticks we will see what sticks so blaine just remember after once the show is up you can uh, talk and uh, post up in the Facebook group and we can have a discussion. And remember, everyone, you can go over to the Facebook group by searching for SNME Radio on Facebook. And if you want to be part of this segment, well, just send me a DM, add a post, let me know. Or you can just email us at contact SNME Radio at gmail.com. That's contact SNME Radio at gmail.com. 
Blaine, thank you so much for being part of this. And again, thank you so much for all of your support over the years. And we're going to be taking a short break here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And when we come back, the host of Impactful here on the Sunday Night's Main Event Network is going to be joining me and we are going to be chatting TNA, Hard to Kill, and the Aftermath, including an awesome lineup for their TV shows coming up with Will Ospreay, Kajusuke Okada, and so much more. So leave it locked in here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks, and you're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event. Chat wrestling all week long by joining the Sunday Night's Main Event group on Facebook. Just search SNME Radio. Are you in the market for a used vehicle for your family or business? North Toronto Auction hosts public auctions twice a month and everyone's invited. Hundreds of cars, trucks, SUVs, commercial vehicles, and heavy equipment are available. Plus, travel trailers, motorcycles, snowmobiles, ATVs, and more. View the entire selection at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Bid online or bid in person. Bid on items from government agencies, financial companies, fleet managers, car dealers, and public consigners. For more information, visit us online at NorthTorontoAuction.com. This is Sunday night's main event on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And welcome back to TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And you're listening to Sunday night's main event. And joining me right now to talk some TNA wrestling as TNA is back is the Raw Dog himself, the host of Impactful and a Raw Review each and every single week here on the network, which you can find on your favorite podcast app. It is none other than Eric B. Eric. How's it going? It's going good, Boris. Thanks for having me on today. I really can't wait to discuss this incredible pay-per-view that we all got to witness and enjoy and experience last night. I mean, it it definitely was an experience. I guess you guys are going to find out what I thought about it, though. But uh, yeah, Boris. Thanks for letting me rant a little bit there. Anytime, my friend. Anytime, my friend. I think you summed it up best on the Facebook group. When you were responding Mm -hmm. to someone, you said that a lot of people were watching this pay-per-view with rose-colored glasses. You know, Absolutely. And, and I think that's that, that's really that, that that to me that was quite the same because you look online, you're seeing a lot of praise. At the same time, if you really look, there's a lot of people who said that was good, but some people loved it. Some people it just wasn't enough. Where do you stand on all of this, Eric? So the best way that I can compare last night's uh relaunching of the brand to is kind of like if you have a favorite nightclub that's open for 12 years and then things get a little bit stale so we're going to change the name and that's it so it's a new nightclub after that it's the hottest new thing in town and i feel like that's what a lot of fans were looking at this as i feel like a lot of us were diving into our nostalgia pit and just swimming all around it for a little while with the brand tna itself being there um i felt like the crowd reactions to certain situations were very questionable. Like I didn't understand a lot of the crowd reactions. My first example is going to be decay coming out and beating MK ultra for the titles. First of all, when they came out, the crowd reacted like it was the rock coming on to Monday night raw. That's the reaction that the crowd had. And it was for decay. So it seemed like things were just a little bit extra, a little, like I said, and that's why I'm saying the whole rose-colored glasses thing. Now, let's talk about some quick facts here. The Palms in Las Vegas. If you stayed at the Palms, you were given a ticket to the events. So that is for last night, and that's also for tonight, Snake Eyes. Which, if you ask me, Snake Eyes on paper looks like a much better pay-per-view than Heart to Kill would have been, right? Yep. So it just, I don't understand. You've got Okada there tonight, right? Um You've got Osprey and Josh going at it for a second time. I mean, that's like where your bread and butter is, man. Now, I don't want to knock too much because there were some really great things that happened last night in the pay-per-view. It's great to see Nick Nemeth back in, you know, wrestling in one way or another. I feel like that will help bolster the ranks of what they have going on there at this uh, TNA. And I really thought the Hammerstone match and the Josh match were great. 
So if you were going to seek out one thing from last night, it would be that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's the thing, right? I watched the pay-per-view, and you and I were sending messages, and there was some good. There was obviously some very good things in the show. And again, we're not trying to knock the show too much. It was overall mm-hmm. a fun experience, but again, just the reaction. If WWE, and more so AEW, were to put on a show like that, what do you think the reaction would be like? Oh, honestly, man, I, I, it, it would have been... I have to go back to, um, you know, the pay-per-view that AEW did a week ago and people were treating that like it was a great pay-per-view, even though realistically, if you went back and you watched it, you could see so many issues with that. And I just feel like we're the tribalism in wrestling right now is something that's super strong. All right. And I am so far away from a tribalist. I'm not a brand loyalist in any sense of the way I like to watch good wrestling. And I like to watch product that is going to keep me entertained and keep me invested. I don't think AEW or TNA is doing that right now. And I don't see any of the changes, even Nick Nemeth, right? I think that it's great. And yes, I love me some Dolph Ziggler, but I don't think that's going to keep us entertained beyond, let's say, the next 30 days. Boris, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like, and, and partially... I feel this way because we went so long, essentially since Bound for Glory, there hasn't been new content. Yeah, they had the pay-per-view, the TNA or the TNA plus pay-per-view back in December here in Mississauga, but there hasn't been any new content. So I kind of felt like this was a weird launch jumping on point without being a jumping on point. It was a very, very weird show overall. And they didn't give me enough to really chomp at the bit, right? Yeah, there are some good stuff coming out of it. But like you said, I'm more interested in the TV that's being recorded later on right now, actually, over at the Palms, right? Like, I'm so interested to see what stories are coming out of this. And, you know, one of the bigger things, right, is Jordan Grace winning the Knockouts Championship is, and I guess that answers the age-old question of whether Trinity is going back to WWE. Um. Something I did want to talk to you about, and it's the tag team division. The tag team division last yep. night proved that it's very strong. Why are ABC still champions? I have no idea. I honestly thought watching that match last night that they were going to make a surprise. And it's, uh, you know, I thought that the grizzled young veterans were going to come out with it. That's what I thought the setup was. It seemed like they were putting a lot of stock into their debut more than anybody else that they had on this card, really. Um, so I thought that they were going to take it and then it would allow the guys like ABC and the rascals to do something else, do something better because they've been just passing that tag belt around like it is well i'm not going to say that on the radio but they're just tossing that belt around one to another and it just makes no sense right it doesn't keep you invested as a fan they have a lot of people in that tag division they don't need to be throwing tag teams together either like speedball and trend seven just to get speedball on the card i feel like speedball deserved probably a better position in this card um i'm also surprised that you know, we still haven't seen Aiden Prince come back onto TV in any sense of the way. It's very curious to me because I know that he was dealing with an injury and I know that he's long beyond able to wrestle now. Yep. So the reason why I bring up Aiden Prince and other names such as Jody Threat is because if you remember what TNA was, TNA was not about bringing over old stars and using them to, you know, keep your company afloat. All right. But it seems like that's what we're trying to do now by bringing in Nick Nemeth instead of putting more stock into the guys like the Speedballs, you know, that were like the Christopher Daniels before who made us really want to watch this product and made TNA what TNA was. I got to say, though, I got to really do uh, appreciate the comment that was made in a group chat I was in last night as Killer Kelly was coming to the ring being led by a leash by Masha Slamovich. Somebody said to me, they are really embracing the TNA and TNA again. (laughs) Well, if anything, at least that is uh, something that we can look forward to. Uh, Moose (laughs) is your new heavyweight champion. Is he a transitional champ for Nick Nemeth? 
Uh, I don't think it's for Nick Nemeth. I think it's for Josh. And I think that anytime like the TNA has a problem, right? Anytime that Josh is on screen, it's obvious that he is the best thing going on in the company, no matter who he's wrestling. And he's always putting on top quality matches and keeping people entertained. He is the modern day Kurt Angle and they need to ride that more. So I think that it's a if it is a transition. I think it's a transition for Josh to get back in there. And I think that Nick is probably going to have a match or two here with Moose, maybe three, um, to get him kind of up there in the upper echelon. Another comment that was made that I, you know, I agree and disagree with uh, online last night. I saw it happen a lot. Hey, look, here's, you know, TNA just bringing in Dolph Ziggler and pushing him immediately into the title picture. Well, let's counter that point a little bit. Because WWE is doing the exact same thing with CM Punk and AEW did the exact same thing with Chris Jericho at the start of their company. So this is just a standard thing that happens in wrestling. You can't sit back here, Boris, and say that somebody like who is branded as Dolph Ziggler is not important enough to be in that main card picture. So this is just an age old process in wrestling. There's a lot of things that I liked about last night. I do like my uh, Moose, sorry, as world champion. I think Chris Saban held it for a little too long. And um, to your point as well, ever since Bound for Glory, this company has just been in a state of limbo. So maybe we're just getting out of that. And maybe the best is yet to come. Exactly. And the best is hopefully going to be happening each and every single Thursday on Access TV and the Fight Network here in Canada. And Eric, you're going to be reviewing each and every single show on Impactful here on the SNME Network. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, as always, thank you so much for watching Impact and Raw each and every single week. <laughs> All right, we're going to be taking a short break here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Aaron and Matthew Grant to chat some AEW and WWE. So you're not going to miss that here on Sunday night's main event. Chat wrestling all week long by joining the Sunday Night's Main Event Group on Facebook. Just search SNME Radio. Hey there, friends, listeners, and newcomers. This is Eric B., and I am the host of the Impactful Podcast. On the Impactful Podcast, we're going to break down everything Impact Wrestling each week. That includes everything that goes on in the background, everything that happens on TV, and everything that you're hearing on the news and social media. So please join me each week and live life impactfully. This is Sunday night's main event on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And welcome back to TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks. And it is that time of the week where we have the S Enemy Roundtable. And this week, it is my pleasure to bring back the hosts of the Collision Catch-Up, Aaron and Matthew Grant. How's it going? I will say, a uh, heck of a week this week for professional wrestling. And, uh, man, happy to ha have the time to come on here and uh, shoot the... You know what? <laughs> Shoot the breeze. Shoot the breeze. Uh, yeah, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Thank you. Excellent. Honestly, it's been a it's been, it's been a short second since we've chatted, so I wanted to bring you back on the show, especially since now that I'm doing the Dynamite review, I'm kind of paying a little more attention to the AEW product, uh, just because when you take notes, you have to take pay a little more attention, as as the two of you know. So I want to talk about first off. Let's just get the elephant in the room out. Tony Khan, does someone need to take away his phone so he doesn't rant and, and, and go on tirades on social media? I just, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me, and I can't fathom the fact that a owner of a billion-dollar corporation is just casually sitting on Twitter just arguing with fans over the most ridiculous stuff. 
Like yeah. it's it there's no reason for it. It makes not only yourself, not only your company, but the people that work for your company just immature and childish honestly like there's no reason to take those shots do the things that you're doing worry about your company and yeah um i've honestly been kind of thinking about it more and more because this was happening earlier in the week and uh i was just sort of thinking earlier that in my opinion when there's somebody who is arguing so hard about just how confident they are in themselves or their company their product whatever it might be that's a lot of overcompensation. So I feel like if he actually had the confidence that he states that he does in his company, his numbers and how he's doing being such a owner of a corporation like this, he wouldn't have to be online arguing and stirring the pot and trying to make himself look good. Like his product, if he actually felt as confident in it as he thinks he does, he can let it speak for himself. And then like to take it over as well, like, not only are you making your own product look bad, you're promoting your competitor's product as well, which is like the complete opposite of what you're going to want to do. Yes, I understand that like, yeah, people are upset about Hook, but why Why do you have to take that and spin that into a negative towards WWE? Why can't you just be like, hey, this is the reason why Hook's getting a title shot, blah, 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 blah. Instead, it's just this like ridiculous blow up on social media that did not need to be a thing and again you just make everybody in the process look like not good and also you shouldn't have to uh be like well hook is good compared to this if you really have that trust in hook to be that person that you want him to be you shouldn't have to compare to someone else he's he's good on his own the part that made me laugh is the fact that he's arguing with eric bischoff who what issues they have it's clear that they have issues together. Um, but what makes me laugh the most is that this is the equivalent of Eric Bischoff making fun of Mick Foley winning the title and only adding that spotlight on mankind Mick Foley because I don't know about you, but Jinder Mahal right now might be one of the most popular wrestlers in WWE for the week outside of our truth. You're not wrong whatsoever. And even bringing it back to Bischoff, like... Does Tony Khan not remember, like, a couple of years ago, he flashed a graphic up on the screen when Eric Bischoff was on his programming saying that he was a groundbreaking pro wrestling executive, and now all of a sudden he's trying to shit all over him? Yep. Here's it's just all out of convenience. That's what it is. And then, then the, the part that gets to me the most, right, is that, you know, over the past several months, essentially since the CM Punk drama, and I hate bringing this back up, but I feel like it needs to be said, is everything is fine it's like that meme with the fire in the background and you see the guys just saying everything is fine because that's how i feel with where aew has been and clearly everything hasn't been fine there have been issues there's been drama there's been attendance issues there are booking issues for example remember back in the day we knew the full card for every single show a week before and i'm noticing more and more especially on collision yesterday they're announcing matches on social media day of so there's obviously a lot going on is this just you know tony khan being overwhelmed and trying to book so much like there's obviously something going on and again we're going to talk in just a second where this can be better but thoughts on that it's interesting because like tony all the social media stuff aside, like the AEW in-ring product and the shows that they're presenting right now are fantastic. Like we're fresh off the Continental Classic. We're fresh off of World's End where it really, everybody's been talking about this whole restore the feeling thing. And honestly, like with the last couple of weeks of shows, you you can't help but argue that we are starting to feel that AEW vibe again. And this is just going to take away from that. With that said, going back to what you were saying about how things haven't been promoted as well, I've noticed that as well. And especially with Collision, they like to announce stuff last minute. Maybe it's to sell tickets last minute. Maybe it's the lack of direction, overwhelmingness. I'm not entirely sure. I also constantly think that they're... I, I say this with almost every pay-per-view, every bigger show, that out of nowhere, there's a lot of last minute like, oh, and now there's this giant multi-man where you're going to see 20 guys in here, or like eight guys. And it's like, you can tell that's just, they're just trying to get as many names on there as possible. And it's like, you shouldn't have to feel the need to do that. 
for one, they do, they're known for kind of overhiring their roster and that's, it reflects on them. That was their choice. And I get it. They're all great talents, but if you're going to prioritize the same people over and over again, and then throw all of these additional signees into these multi-mans just to try and get them on there, sell some tickets, get whatever the reason might be. It does feel very scraped together, which it shouldn't have to. The other thing too, is this is something that people were going at WWE for quite some time is like doing the battle royals or doing this random stuff where now AEW is kind of falling into the same category and it's like there's not that same backlash as much as there was with WWE and it goes back to the tribalism thing at the end of the day and people are gonna have their opinions the AEW versus WWE thing which is the stupidest argument on the planet um you're a professional wrestling fan just enjoy professional wrestling but uh I digress I I do think that AEW has potential to change things up going forward. The first thing they need to do is just take away Tony Khan's social media access. Give him time off of social media. Hell, like give him a social media manager. Give him some social media training. Clearly, something needs to be done in that department to where, like, the, the, it's going to hurt the product going forward if he keeps running his mouth on social media, honestly. I thought you were going to say give him like a toy phone or something. And I started laughing, but this is my education background coming in. Um, No, they need to, he needs some, he needs a handler as, as bad as it sounds. Tony Khan needs a handler. And if he can't handle himself in these professional situations, he can just be the money man while they have someone else be the actual voice of AEW. And I think he needs to actually accept that, but I don't see that happening. I think his ego is a little too big, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree 100% there. I think that at the end of the day, what AEW needs to do is just focus on AEW. They focus too much on everything else. They listen too much to the internet wrestling community. And, you know, we're not we're not geniuses. We're not the best. We don't know it all. Just focus on your product. Put the best shows you can each and every single week. Let the product speak for itself. And Matt, you said that. Since World's End, AEW has been feeling a little refreshed. And let's let's remind everyone that AEW, over the past few weeks, have been putting on some pretty entertaining shows. So let's remind people about the good, and let's talk about that for a second. We have Samoa Joe facing Hook, this upcoming Dynamite. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I gotta say the I wouldn't say necessarily out of nowhereness of Hook in the title shot, but like it, it essentially is out of left field. Um, I I really looking forward to seeing how they present this match because both characters have been presented in a very similar way over the past little while, where they're both dominant characters, they're both um, individuals who just completely obliterate their opponents. So for them to be opposite sides of the spectrums of each other in the same match, um, it's going to be interesting to see too, because this is what Joe's first defense of the title, right? Yep. So it's, that's also going to set the the precedent for his title reign going forward and uh, what exactly we're going to expect from him. And the other thing I would say is it's, it's one of those, like you can't please everybody because the same people who are complaining about hook uh, getting this title shot are probably the same ones. Like who my biggest complaint a lot of times with professional wrestling is how many times can you recycle the same matches? How many times can you see those two already established stars compete for the same title or compete with each other over and over again? So it's hard because how can you complain about giving someone new a shot when it's like you got to start somewhere and we all get kind of bored of seeing the same, say, love to watch them, but like the Kenny Omega is getting to see the Hangman Page, getting to see any of these guys that you know are going to be in that title picture. So why not just appreciate getting to see somebody fresh? Bit of a sink of swim moment for Hook, too. About time that AEW starts investing on their own roster, on their homegrown talent to raise the level and create stars out of their own people. And I think that's the major takeaway here because they have an opportunity to do something awesome with Hook. Right, That no-give-up attitude, I think, is going to be at play here on Wednesday. I have a feeling that we're going to see the Joe just submit him without Ook actually giving up. And that is a win-win-win for everybody. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, when it comes to the World Championship as well, like you look at somebody like Swerve Strickland, who is just 
absolutely blowing up in AEW right now, the star of AEW right now, absolutely no questions asked. And it's no secret. He is the next world champion. If, if AEW does things correctly, he is the guy to take the belt off of Joe. And I think right now the momentum he has is unmatched with anybody on the roster. Let's talk about Sting. Sting's retirement match. It looks like it's going to be Sting and Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks. How does that make you feel? This is an interesting one. I don't know how I feel about it. Now, with that said, uh, rumors are this was Sting's decision. So props to him for getting the opportunity to pick his last match because that's at the end of the day, that should be what matters. He should get the pick. He should be able to choose how he goes out. I'm a little disappointed we're not getting the Sting Derby match. I think that was kind of the anticipated and go-to match, I would assume, for his retirement match. However, I don't know if he would want to have that singles match to go out on with Darby. Um, maybe it's a case of his age, maybe a case of body, maybe it's just a case of he wants to put over Darby. And I don't know if they'd have Sting lose his last match. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's a very interesting point right there, right? Because I think that, again, there's a way to do this match so that Darby can be the overall star without having Sting lose. Having said that, right, I kind of feel like this is also a situation where is Sting going to eat the pin on his way out? That's very old school, so who knows? And he is kind of an old school wrestler, so... As much as I want to say no, I can see it happening because, again, that does sort of push Darby into the like passing of the torch of carrying on the Sting legacy, I guess, without taking that pin. You take that also as Sting maybe giving a tip of the cap to the Bucks and AEW for the run that he's been able to have over the last three years. Because let's be real, this run knocked everything he did in WWE out of the water. A lot of the stuff he did in TNA out of the water, like... Some of the stuff he did in AEW can argue is some of the stuff, best stuff he did in his entire career, which is mind-blowing considering the age and the point his career is at right now. And I think that age is all the more reason why he would have Darby by his side. Just it does protect him a little bit. And we've seen it. Like, we've seen it in person just last year. Like, Sting does some crazy things for his age. And I'm amazed that that man is still able to get up and continue with the match after he does these things sometimes. But at least having someone as uh, versatile and... Uh, death-defying as Darby can kind of uh, protect him a little bit more so he doesn't get hurt in his last match. And can you imagine the heat that the Bucks are going to get if they beat Sting on his last match? Like, I think that's the entire point of this. And that's the thing, too, is, like, at first I was on the, like, fan side of the spectrum, like, eh, but in in retrospect, when you look at it from business, it's like, what better way to bring the Bucks back? What better way to move forward with them as heels because clearly that's the direction that they're wanting to go and honestly i'm I'm here for it they're gonna have a killer match they mixed up with sting at forbidden door last year and that was a lot of fun to watch so an entire match with them and sting and darby is gonna be a lot of fun and what a way to go out all right let's flip the page and talk some wwe this coming monday we have seth rollins versus jinder mahal for the world heavyweight championship matt and aaron i don't know about you but I would love to see Jinder even win the belt until Royal Rumble at this point. I think it would be hilarious. Like the ultimate troll job WWE just to do that. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it happening, but it's that would be like the business turning heel. That would be like the company being just like, oh, this is how you're going to react to... When we bring don't hit me to the gender. I was waiting to see who was going to say that first, but um, yeah, you want to really see some reaction that would upset a lot of people. But it, especially now with all this online uh, push that has happened behind gender, I'm very curious to see what happens. I don't anticipate him taking the belt off of Seth personally, but I don't know. I guess he's back, and something's got to happen with him if they've got this much online momentum. And again, that whole how we started talking about the digs that tony khan was taking they they got to capitalize on it hear me out cm punk costs seth rollins the championship against gender (laughs) that's the thing there are ways to do this where it would please a certain section of people anger a certain section of people and not hinder your storylines moving forward as 
as I've mentioned, and we've talked about so many times here on the show, that this is such a crowded division right now. It's crazy. It's crazy because, like, you have several matches on paper right now, like a Punk Rollins, like a potential Roman Rock or Cody Roman, where you could argue that all of those matches don't even need a championship. So something like hot shutting the belt onto gender just for the heck of it is something that could potentially happen because of the talent pool that you have on the WWE roster right now and how everybody's been presented. It wouldn't hurt Rollins to lose the championship, especially in a way where if it did further his storyline with Punk. Yep. Yep, and and then we'll see exactly where they go with that. We'll talk more about Royal Rumble next week as we preview Royal Rumble. It is that time of week where we have been talking wrestling for an entire hour, so we have to bid farewell and just remember that Sunday night's main event here is powered by Podstars.net. Get ready to take your podcasting career to the next level with Podstars.net. It's a talented, passionate community that's going to give you the opportunity to interview top professionals from a variety of industries where they're going to be sharing their insights and experiences with your audience. Plus, everyone's going to have access to the exclusive celebrity catalog featuring some of the best in the business both new and established the best part of it all is that it's all free to join and as a member of Podstars, you can choose from the catalog of celebrities to interview and if you're interested and want to go that added mile for a monthly fee of only $8.99, you can upgrade to the community plan where you have a completely different and exciting catalog full of some of the best experts in their fields today. You're also going to have access to the entire catalog. It's a great way to start to invest in your podcast as you're going to save time and money by being able to book guests from just one platform with an expansive catalog that's constantly being added to. So why wait? Join www.podstars.net now and start exploring everything that they have to offer. You're not going to miss out on this opportunity to elevate your podcast career and be part of an exciting community. So don't wait and join right now. Go over to www.podstars.net and that's Podstars with a Z or a Z at the end, depending on where you're listening. It has been a great week here and as always, we're going to be back next week chatting all things wrestling here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio News Talk Networks and just remember, thank you so much for listening and most importantly, stay tranquilo. Thanks for finding Sunday night's main event. To get the complete show as well as bonus weekly podcasts, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash SNME radio.